Good morning, everyone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to stand behind the sacred desk and to proclaim your word. Would you please anoint my lips and my speaking that it be only what will bring honor and glory to you, not to me. I thank thank you that you have saved me from sin by the precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. That your grace reaches down to the human race today, it reached down to me. And I thank you. May all our adoration today on your day be to you. May miracles, signs, and wonders be done in your church around the world today. And for those that are on other continents that are suffering for your namesake today, and I'm especially thinking about our brothers and sisters in the continent of Africa that were being whipped in the church and beat in the church. I saw the uh, video of it. Children that were singing Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus were being beaten with clubs and sticks. We today can come here without fear of being persecuted. May we pray for their deliverance there this morning on the Sabbath for those that are suffering for the name of Jesus. We ask you to send your angels to deliver them. Send your angels to protect our missionaries and preserve them in unity, constancy, and peace today. Have mercy on our people here, those around us that are most in need of your mercy, whether they're suffering in body, mind, or spirit, whether it be addiction that we see so much here, or whatever the circumstances, by the power of your Holy Spirit would you reach these people today that they may know you and your word, your word the knowledge and truth of your word can set them free. We thank you. We thank you for everyone that's here. We thank you for the saints years ago who established this congregation here. And we look toward days that you will prosper your church here and many will come in to Hear the truth. And I ask this, and I know that you will answer it because we ask it in the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I bring you greetings from the church at London. Pastor McFeeders asked me to come over and speak today, and I am not a preacher, and I am not really that knowledgeable in the scripture as I should be. 
I am studying. Maybe you're like me, you grew up in another faith. And many years I drove this road back and forth to different construction jobs and works. And I noticed this church. And I think my brother has preached here in the past. When he first got out of the Marines, he became an Adventist and and accepted the truth and was called over here to preach at times, different times. He told me he had been here years ago and spoken. But little did I know that as I came back and forth across this road and seeing this church, pretty nice looking older building, in my wildest dreams would I have never thought that I would be here this morning. But that is the power of God. And that is how God takes people and uses them to take a message all over this world this morning. And we are blessed that the Armstrongs are here. I know them. They've been to the church at London many times. Of course, they're in our prayers continually. And so I so admire people who go out into the mission field. It's a dangerous job, but yet it's a fulfilling job. It's something that we are commanded to do. And I'm going to talk today about our mission field here. Do you think that we in eastern Kentucky, eastern Tennessee, wherever, are not in a mission field. We are in a mission field, and I mean to tell you, it's getting tougher by the day. So, we're going to talk just a short time, and then we will be going on to Monticello about fishing for people. Fishing for people. When I was a young person, My father and grandfather both were avid fishermen. And that is before the days of Laurel Lake. So if we went to the lake, we went to Lake Cumberland. But more especially, we went to the Rock Castle River, where the Rock Castle River and the Cumberland River come together. And you can look across there and see McCrary County from Laurel County, because our school bus used to go down there and turn in that area. But we would go fishing. Well, I was next to the youngest of all the children, so we would go and mainly my dad had a gas station and he worked all day and he worked hard and at night he would sometimes go and fish all night and get up and come back to London and open his gas station. That's how much he loved fishing. And we would go and sometimes we were more playing in the water or uh, doing pranks or everything but what we should be to catch fish. And the older men in the boats would say, be quiet. You can't make a lot of work. You have to be very quiet. And you, it was almost a science to them how they were going to catch fish. And they didn't want a young person making a lot of noise or hitting the paddle in the water because you're scaring the fish away. There's one thing, if you went at night, that was absolutely a must to catch fish, and it was what? A light. 
They took the old-time lanterns, you remember them, where you put the kerosene and pumped them up, and they, they hung, they had uh, uh, handles out they'd made, and they hung lanterns to draw the fish. See, at night, fish will come straight to the light. And I remember my grandfather took an old headlight out of an old truck he had, and he took a, a battery and he hooked the wires to it and he would put that headlight right down in the float on top of the water. And they'd plug that in and the fish would come. Little light. We talk as Christians a lot about the light. Who is the light of the world? Jesus. You know, the star shone so bright over where he was born. We, we were always talking about light. And not darkness. And God got up this morning and I thought, what am I going to say today? And I opened the window, the, 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 the drapery and the picture window, and there came up the most beautiful sunrise I've ever seen. It was, I wanted to get a camera and take a picture, but I didn't have one available. It was a, it was a orange, beautiful sunrise. It was just magnificent. And I thought God is allowing us another day of life to go out in the vineyard and to tell people about Him and to tell people the truth about Him. And me and this brother back here were talking a few minutes ago about the truth. There's a lot of talk about Jesus and God in this world and the Holy Spirit, but the truth I'm so glad that I heard this message, this Adventist message, and Advent means the return of Christ. You know, all, all churches will say, oh, we, we have Advent at Christmas, and they're talking about his first coming to this earth, the Advent, his birth. But we as Adventist Christians are talking about his second coming. And it is one day closer than it was yesterday. I tell you that. And unless, unless he shortens the time, he says no flesh will be saved. Now, that's what he says. That's not anything that I've come up with. He says if I don't shorten it, no flesh will be saved. How important is the truth today? And when I came in and you all were studying and commenting and studying the scriptures daily, expounding on them and reading them and discussing them. That is a beautiful thing that you do not see in a lot of churches anymore. So I'm here as a Seventh-day Adventist Christian to challenge you. And I'm not challenging you to argue the Bible or anything like that. I'm, I'm challenging in the sense of what are we going to do with this truth that we've got today? See, we were all purchased out of the slave market of sin. The Apostle Peter says we are not our own. We were purchased with a price. See, everyone that's here was born of Adam and Eve. We were born into this sinful world. And Jesus Put it very plain and very simple. The simple truth that he told Nicodemus. It's simply this. Without going into 
all the uh, hermeneutics we were talk- you were talking about and the theology and the theo and all that. He said simply, you must be born again. You must, we must be born again by the water and the spirit. Because Paul says we must all face him at the judgment seat of Christ. A dispensation of this gospel in this book is committed to every one of us. We can say, oh, that's these missionaries' job. We can say that's Pastor McFeeder's job. We can say that's the elder's job. But a dispensation of this gospel is committed to every one of us. And woe to us if we do not take it. And it will be worse than that. The winning of the lost is the most highest and noble calling there is in humanity. It's the most highest calling. And I regret that I've not been a soul winner. I regret that I do not know the Bible better. And I regret that I didn't become a Christian till later in life, 50-some years old. I'll be 64 this year, or no, next year, next August. I'll be 64. No, I'm sorry, 65. Turned around here on my days. But I regret I only have one short life to live, to take this to people. Because our body is the very temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And we're not our own. What he paid for us, I need to make it count by glorifying God. We're not to live for our own self. Because your body houses God. Your body is the repository of the Holy Spirit. We house God in us. So let Him out. Not let Him out to completely go out of you, but let Him out to others. Don't live a dead, half-hearted, lukewarm life. Make your life a sacrament of abandonment to yourself and give all to him. See, our price was paid. It was a horrible price. And we owe everything to him. He paid the price that was so hard for me to understand. And it has to get through to us that he bought us. We are not our own. He is the center of and circumference of everything. And his church is the center and circumference of everything in this world. See, when you were baptized, he gave you new genes. You have his genes in you. And what are we going to do? The only rational answer is to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. Well, back to light. When I was talking about the fish coming to the light, it, it reminds me of a neighbor of ours, a country doctor that lived up the road from us, and it was a gravel road, and going into London, it was a gravel road, and there was a, a doctor that was beloved in Laurel County, a country doctor. And he had become older, 
He didn't have an office in town by the time I was born, and he lived and worked out of his house. And you just went and knocked on his door, and his living room was always full of people who had come to to see him because you could get in to see him, and you didn't have to have co-pays or any, you didn't if you didn't even have any money, he still would see you. Now we're talking about late fifties and through the sixties. You'd never heard of a copay then, and he, he didn't even require anything, but he would, he had been a, a soldier in World War I. He spoke five languages. He graduated, I think, from University of Chicago Medical School, but by this time he was an old man who had delivered thousands of babies. He had all this wisdom, all this knowledge, and while he was your doctor, he could laugh and joke with you and tell you different things and, we think of him as a country doctor, but he was very educated. Man, could speak five languages. But one thing, he lived in an old kind of a cobblestone house that had been a log house that they had covered with cobblestones and it was just tore down recently. And there was the most important light in Laurel County. It was just an old incandescent bulb that hung over his front door and the fixture was just about to fall. And to the people in the county, that was the most important light there was. It wasn't the lights, the neon lights up at the theater and, and the lights that all the businesses in town. There was this one light that hung over his door and it always burned day and night. 365 a year. And when you went by there, you would see people that were from down on the river all the way to Clay County, to Jackson. The complete county knew the light was the signal that he was there. And it was never turned off. And they knew if that light was on, they could just open the door in the middle of day or night and go in and get some help. Maybe you had a sick baby. Maybe you had a sick uh, wife. Or maybe your grandmother had cancer. But you could go there day or night. And people said, is the light on? They would stop at my ga- uh, father's gas station. say, we're going to see the doctor. If the light's on, and it always was, he was there. And he would let you in. In fact, he laid on the couch. He was an old man. And he probably didn't get to sleep most nights because he... He did just acts of mercy for people. And they loved him. He was so beloved. Well, I want to tell you about another light like his light. The light of Christ. Jesus Christ is available to you and to me 24 hours a day, every day of the year, on the weekends, on the holidays, in the early morning. When no one else helps and no one else cares, there's a light on. And it never goes out. It never will go out. And you don't have to have a copay. You don't have to have any money. All you have to do is have faith in Him and call on His name. He is available to us. We have a God who just ask us to give him reasonable service. Is this too much to ask for, our reasonable service? We're dealing with eternal matters this morning. 
These things that we go through in this life are just lasting for a moment. But we're dealing with Him on eternal matters. Because of the times we live in in the year 2019, the call is for us to give our bodies as a sacrament, throw off this world, throw it off just like a filthy garment. The apostle said he counted this life as done, manure, that he might win some to Christ. And Jesus has told us no one can serve two masters. We'll either love one and hate the other. We cannot serve two masters. We're here to do the will of Him. The will of the Father. God is looking for people today. He's looking for people. And He's not looking for a perfect people. But people that are yielded. That are sacrificing people. Through who His mighty resources flow to do His redemptive work for the human race. I worked on construction and engineering for years and I read a little particle of radium so small the only way you can see its consistency is under a microscope. A piece of, a, a particle of radium is so, that's so small that you cannot see it, but with only a microscope. It is so powerful. There's so much power in that, it can ring a bell for 30 years constant. God hides energy in those molecular forces. But there is a power that's available to you and me. It's the highest and most divinest in the world, in the earth. And it can be yielded and put in a human being. The power of God. If we will just yield to Him, look out. That power is available. It's more powerful than radium or the atomic weapons. So don't be a spectator coming into a building like this sitting in the bleachers and listening to someone and then going out and doing nothing. Yield your body. And how much of you and me does the Lord have? If you really want to make a difference, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to yield to God. We talked about the Reformation and the revivals of yesteryear, the revivals they had, uh, the great Moravian revival, the great awakening. We read them in the great controversy, and I love to read them about the reformers, all the revivals that they had that, that brought the Bible as we know it today to us. Do you, do you realize we've not, in the history of the world, we've really not had the Bible that long. What, four or five hundred years maybe? But most people in the world, lots of people have never heard of the Bible or the, of God. Billions of people on this earth this morning. We've heard of all those great revivals. There were those reformers stood in the gap. There were those people that studied and found the truth like was told here this morning.
They studied. They found the truth. All we have, he has loaned us. In this world, all our goods, all our retirements, our social security, all this stuff was his all along. Have we thanked him for loaning it to us for a while? Everything we have comes from God. Every blessing, every good thing came from Him. Have I thanked Him for allowing me to have it, loaning it to me? Have I used it all to His honor and glory? No. Have I thanked Him for letting me have it? Not enough. But we have that opportunity to start today to leave here And let our light so shine. Like putting a lantern out for the fish to see. In the darkness. Even though the sun's coming in beautiful this morning. This is a dark world that we live in. And we just see a little. You know, we say we we see everything now on TV. No, we don't see everything. We see just a, a little bit. There is... Up in the mountains of Kentucky where I work for years, there's darkness over the people. And, and it's that way everywhere. I'm not picking on our area because this is where we're from and it's our people. But there's a darkness of untruth. There's not a, a, a knowledge of God according to the truth of the Bible as we know it. There's so much misconception that... <clears throat> I say to you today, in closing, are we willing to take this truth that we love the people around us enough that we will so let our light shine before men and women and boys and girls that they will see Christ in us and we can show them the truth of this, the truth of the Jesus, the God, that we know and serve, of His kindness and His mercy, and not all the fairy tales that have been concocted to explain the Bible, but just the simple Word of God. This is what I challenge you today. The knowledge that you have here, whether you live here or other towns, to take it with love, and respect and mercy to those around us. Like I said, we were bought with a price. We're not our own. This is my prayer today. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.